to go into, let's call it the internal cauldron of my emotions. Hello and welcome to the Internal Cauldron of Emotions, a Nicolas Cage tribute podcast featuring two people who really like each other and really like alcohol. Yay. So, <laughs> I'm Erin. That's us. <laughs> I'm Erin. I'm Tammy. And welcome. Yeah. If this is your first time, I Hello. think we might be getting a few new listeners. Welcome. Oh Thank you so much. And if you are um, a fanatic... Thanks for sticking with Hi. us. We really appreciate the crazies. Okay, so this week's movie is... Oh my god, I have to move these. I will stab myself. Sorry, I just noticed a sharp object near me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this week's movie is 8 millimeter, mm -hmm. 1999 film about a very, very dark subject. Um, so, in honor of the dark subject, we made a dark drink. Mm -hmm. Tammy, would you like to explain what you have done today? Yes, I would. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so this, as we always say, we love to watch Nick Cage movies and we love to drink, but, you know, some of them are a tough subject, like Aaron mentioned, so it's kind of like, well, we shouldn't, you know, this isn't like something fun that we get to drink, so we were trying to figure out what to do. Aaron said, this is a tough movie, so it should be a tough drink, and for her, it's whiskey. It's whiskey. <laughs> you know, and to that something. guy, to that guy who said, do you have any whiskey drinks, here you go. Yes, yes. <laughs> This is this is our whiskey drink. So then I but I was before she told me that I was trying to think maybe we could play off of a Tom Collins because Nick's player is Tom uh Nick's player. His player Nick's yes. <laughs> character is uh named Tom Wells. So we decided to kind of mix those two ideas together. And so we have created the Tom Wells, which is two ounces of a whiskey of your choice. Um we went with a scotch whiskey. Uh -huh. It is one ounce of lemon juice. Your face is already stressing out after you heard whiskey. <laughs> no, it's okay. It is one ounce of blackberry syrup. I mean, I, I watched it. I watched you make it. I know. I know. <laughs> um, and then you kind of top that with ginger beer. Because we were trying to get the idea of um, the eight millimeter film, we also then took black food coloring just to give it a, um, a darker look to it. Obviously, it's definitely murky. Yeah, it 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 looks cool, but will not affect the flavor at all. It looks so, really cool. It does, especially as we were adding it. We have some photos of <gasps> we'll add. Really cool. It photos. looked kind of like when film sort of like you know like burning and all that kind of stuff. Here it is, so, everybody. A whiskey yeah. drink for Aaron. I know it's big time. So cheers. Cheers. It's not bad. This is really good. I know, I know. We normally I'm moving take... it to the coaster. Oh my gosh, it's me. I was to gonna run and give it to Jeff if I hated it. <laughs> it does have a strange aftertaste. That may be the blackberry syrup. That may be, the, yeah. Just because, you know, like any kind of syrup. I feel like the more I drink this, the more I'm not going to care about that. That though. is true. That is true. Well, to be fair, we normally, whatever the recipe calls for, it'll say two ounces of something. And we're like, well, we're going to double that. Not today. We did not today. Not the, today, Satan. For, for Aaron's safety. So I think that's why it's I think not maybe kicking you. It's the ginger beer, mm -hmm. too, mixed with all the stuff. Hmm. It is pretty light and refreshing. Honestly, you can barely taste the whiskey. Yeah, which is probably why you like it. <laughs> I I feel I feel the whiskey in my esophagus. That's you feel the thing. it. Yeah, going darkly into you. Mm -hmm. But I think the ginger beer definitely 
overpowers the whiskey. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's a whiskey drink you can have. We did it. We made a Tom Wells. <laughs> a Tom Wells, you guys. We're going to be famous. <laughs> so speaking of being famous. <laughs> so how have you been? Well, we did a thing. We did a thing. So in so the, as everybody should know or if not you're hearing it here first mm -hmm. um, breaking news the unbearable weight of massive talent came out on april 22nd and we have been trying to work with our favorite local theater sunray cinema to do kind of like a nick cage event and we had 10 days to come up with something jam it all in and then we were hosting and introing the movie mm -hmm at Sunray in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> Originally it was just a bunch of people we knew and then a ton of people we didn't know showed up. Uh, and we had a costume contest and uh, we gave away prizes. We made Nick, we finally did it. This is it. This is what I'm so proud of you guys. <laughs> we made Nick Scents. We made Nick scent can um, Nick scented candles. Yeah. So we copyrighted. Yes, TM. Trademarked, <laughs> registered, hashtag. Yeah, yeah, it's all ours. Uh, so we made them after our Nick experiences, and if you've been with us from the beginning, or if you've listened to that one recently or know of it, um, Tammy's was face off, and mine was gone in sixty seconds. Uh, so the we couldn't name them that because we were like, is the we were afraid of trademark we were copyright afraid of hashtag. trademark hashtag yeah. <laughs> so mine was for gone sixty seconds. I called it Eleanor, and it was leather and tobacco. And Smells wonderful, guys. It. Like, I gotta say, and I didn't market it towards dudes, but most of the dudes were oh, like, yeah. I need this fucking yeah. candle. It's It smells delightful. Yeah. Like, one guy came back, he's like, how many you got left? I'll take them. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what was yours? And mine, again, was from Face Off. Uh, so, I think you helped with that. I just knew it needed a smell yeah. like a peach, and so we came up with Caster's Peach. Caster's Peach. That also was very popular Kristen among everybody because yeah. it's like a vanilla peach, mm -hmm. but also people who are just Face Off fans when they mm -hmm. hear the name. Like, I saw one guy who's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, we thought that was just going to be a silly thing. It was like, let's try to make something we can sell. And we like sold We have one out. left. We have one and candle we're left. Requests. And we have ideas for more. Like we yeah. have one for Wicker Man. Trapped in um, Paradise. Trapped in Paradise. Yeah. Um, uh, what was it? We were thinking of another one. Like, yeah. We, we, we have several. Yeah, we've, got so, we've got ideas. We've got so ideas. So we maybe, you know, like doing a little Etsy store or something and doing some Nick candles. Yeah. We had a, a coworker who did not attend the event actually got to smell the candles because uh, Kristen, who won the, wrong cat Kristen, who won the costume mm -hmm. contest, had her gift bag with her, so she was able to bring it in, and uh, a lady at work, Susan, actually bought two of the candles. Yeah. She bought one of each, and then asked us if we could make her candles. Yeah. So and we're like business <laughs> moguls, just thanks, like that. Thanks, we, thanks, so thanks, now Nick. we're... Thanks, Sunray. Thank you, Sunray. And <laughs> we should make a Sunray-scented candle. I don't know what that would smell like. Popcorn. Popcorn. And we'd have to figure out how we'd use Flava Kick in there, though, because that's, like, the best. They have this seasoning called Flava Kick, and you can put it on fucking anything, and you, they sell it in jars now. Like, I want it so bad. It's, it's so okay, good. but the black truffle dill. I know, but the Flava Kick is my life as well. Okay. Um, we'll still be friends, but okay. <laughs> I put dill in the popcorn I got for, like, I got it. I know. Anyway. Outside of the amazingness, and thank you, Tim and Shayna, so much. Yes. 
I said that right, Shana. I, I was like, oh my God, is it Shana or Shana? Yeah, we were we were nervous, but trying to be cool. And we got a lot of good feedback. So yeah, that was really exciting. Yeah. People thought we were funny in real life too. I'm like, like I knew it. You, I the knew one chick in the back laughed so hard. And like, our name. And like, she got it somehow. Yeah, and she like, was she like squealed and I was like oh my god I don't know you and you laugh yeah so that was exciting thanks to um, that gal in the back but outside of that wonderful evening uh, a hummingbird's been visiting I don't know mm. if I mentioned it but that's that's the only big thing that's going on with me yeah um <laughs> I had I had a fun Nick related thing happen today where I was um online with a group and we were talking about law documents from the past and we were talking about the Magna Carta and kind of like how that worked. And I asked them if they, you know, could think of anything else that that reminded <laughs> them of. And um, the independent, was, they what tried do they real call hard. it? They called it the independent paper. But I knew what they meant. It's not wrong. It's, it's, it's real close. <laughs> they knew the date. And so we talked about the Declaration of Independence. And I definitely played it off not saying um, I love Nick Cage so much. And so I had a Nick Cage party. <laughs> I said, I'm such a history, you know, buff. Like, I, you know, I like, happen to just be normal. And I grabbed it from, cool, cool. you know, from all of our props from being at Sunray. And I, you know, showed it on camera. And it was just really, it's really precious sometimes. They were like, how did you get that? That should be in the, in the museum. Like Nick stole so it. So they definitely stole thought it our Nick. national treasured it. And then I explained, no, no, no. This is a copy. And then they're like. How long did it take you to copy it? I'm like, no, 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 no. Sweet, sweet, sweet precious babies. And so then I was like, no, sweet like little angels. It's, it's it's like a a duplicate, so it looks the same. It was like made with a printer. Mm-hmm. You could buy one. I'm like, oh my god, I could buy one. So, a lot of moms are probably going to be like, why is this Amazon package of the Declaration? <laughs> All the yeah, yeah. So, yeah. it's gonna be funny. You have Nick to thank for that, guys. Everybody, <laughs> one more time for Nick. Yeah, one he's more time. just he's he's the the national treasure. Oh wait, I don't think I said it, but unbearable weight was fucking. Oh amazing. my gosh, amazing. it was so amazing. Um, I forgot to say. How did I forget to say that? <laughs> we we got too excited about our candles. We're we're really excited <laughs> about us. We should be excited exactly. about us and Nick. Yes, yes, obviously. And uh, yeah, it was really great. Um, a lot of positive feedback from every. Even our friends who came just to like be like, okay, whatever, I'll come. They were mm-hmm. like, wow, this was really funny. My uh, coworker Jen and her daughter who came, mm-hmm. uh, she's like, Jen's like, Aaron, uh, my daughter doesn't laugh at anything, and she was dying. Aww. I was like, oh, I- it's just a great movie. <laughs> but I have to say though, it was really funny. After the movie, we were standing out by our little table while people were talking to us, and people were like, oh my god, I love the movie so much, and we were like, oh my god, me too, thank you. Like we right, had like a we, yeah, like we. we- <laughs> We made this costume. Like for we you made guys. the movie. We <laughs> were like, we had a hand in it. Yeah, we were like, yeah. oh, thank you so much. Right, like it was great. Right. It was very we, personal we, to we us. Sort of, we sort of did that. Yeah, it was it was hilarious. And and like I have said, it's it's the movie we needed in 2022. Absolutely. This is the mortgage, Cindy's college money. Mm-hmm. If I do right by Mrs. Christian, the circle she runs in, this could be the break we've been waiting for. Can't take more than a couple weeks. That's all I can tell you, honey. Sometimes you can't know what I'm doing. It's better that way. It's always that way. Okay, so let like I feel like I feel like you've had heavy ones like in a roll. Like Yeah, I feel like you've had shitty ones. I'd rather have the heavy ones. I'm so sorry. We need to pray to, to Nick. 
to for, the Cajun for gods my, for you. Yeah, for the Cajun <laughs> gods today. Um, all right, everybody. So we're getting into 8mm. This is a movie from 1999. Uh, it is available currently on Hulu. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that was it. And in terms of like where you could watch it if you already have the streaming service. But yeah. you can rent it basically anywhere. Um, trigger warning. Yeah. I'm just putting it out there right at the beginning. There's um, sexual abuse, uh, sexual torture, that kind of thing, kidnapping. That's a lot of. It's not for it's, the lighthearted. It's not. It's not for your average movie going. And I have to preface this with my mom went to go see this and said I was like 13 or 14 when this came out, and she prefaced it with, "I'll watch it first, and then I'll let you know if you can watch it." Because at the time. She was allowing me to watch mystery murder thrillers like Along Came the Girl and Kiss the Spider or Along Came Yeah, the girl oh, Kiss the Spider or There's Kiss the Girls and then there was Along Came the Spider. Sorry, yeah, I got to mix up. I know. And like fucking what lies beneath like murder oh, ghost thing. Like I was watching so much of that kind mm -hmm. of shit at that time. And then she would let me watch this and I finally watched it for first time ever. And I was like, oh I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. However, 14 year old me would have been like, hell yeah. Yeah, I was uh, I was eighteen. I've been really into it. Yeah, it was like I, I don't remember when it came out, so it was either like wrapping up high school or mm -hmm. starting college. And so I remember like, ooh, this is dark and gritty, and I like mm -hmm. those kind of movies, and I'm okay with that. And I remember watching it and feelings that I had then, but they were very different feelings watching it a second time because yeah. I was like, oh, not that I didn't understand what was going on, yeah. but I'm just like. Oh, oh yeah, like, I gave, this shit really happens. Yeah, kind I, of thing. I gave Ringo a quick little like, here are buzzwords that I'm picking out of this Wikipedia article I'm looking at, and he's like, oh, sexual torture. No, I'm gonna go ahead and not not yeah, pay attention Jeff to this one. Yeah, Jeff watched it with me, and he had seen it before. He's like, I didn't remember all of this being so fucking dark. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's a lot. It's it a heavy. A lot, it's a heavy one, folks. So buckle up and let's get started, Tammy. All right, take it away. Take it away, Ern. So it opens with <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter fan. Um, opens with uh, the flickering of you guessed it, an eight millimeter film. Um, we see Nick <laughs> at a Miami airport, um, and he really had some caster like caster oh, vibes no. there. Yeah, like, all of his even though he was usually just wearing a suit, all of his sunglasses were really great. Like he looked like he's wearing a trench coat in at the, Miami. In the, in the first one, yeah. yeah. Maybe it was. Oh no, no, I meant when he gets off the plane. Yeah, the exactly. I was like, yeah, Bro. maybe it was unseasonably cold. Every once in a while, Florida has those weather events where it's actually cold. And it was like if Caster Troy had to get a corporate job, but he still wanted to try to be cool. Yeah, like that's. I mean, he wasn't full face off so he kind of like you know i'm mm -hmm. an edgy kind of person um and as we just sort of see his day unfold it's there's no no dialogue it's just kind of him like going from place to place and talking to people you very quickly realize that he's um like a private detective and he's reviewing his findings with his current client who um we know is a senator then he goes back home it's this idyllic family his wife's played by katherine keener who i love yeah i i, I was just like why do we recognize baby? that voice mm -hmm. anyway as soon as i heard the voice i was like <gasps> and then you see her face yeah she um, actually i don't know if i've seen much of her when she was younger like the, i think this might be or i've just never noticed because i've seen a lot of that. it when she's older yeah um but her and jennifer lawrence share a resemblance I never like, thought about that. I kept looking at her eyes, and I'm like, oh, my God, she looks like, she looks like 
Jennifer Lawrence, whatever she was in the very, the very first Hunger Games. I was like, wow, she looks so much. Like a, oh, especially like a, with like the darker a, hair. Yeah, with the with the with the young J Law baby baby face. Yeah. Um. So they have this, you know, precious little family, like new family, mm-hmm. new baby kind of thing, and we get to see that even though he's a private eye, he's got a normal, you know, life. And then he gets a call. And it's obviously a new case, and you can definitely pick up very clearly that it's an affluent person. Then, as soon as he starts going to the location, it's this huge mansion. It's like one of those mile-long drives. Right, to get there kind of thing. Um, and at first, everything just sort of seems normal. You assume, okay, this is just some rich family that needs him to look into something. Because the, the case that we see very briefly was mm-hmm. the, the senator was um, having, I think, the it was an affair, son-in-law. Yeah. Or, yeah, I think it was the son-in-law investigated because she assumed it was an affair kind of he thing. He was so, I had to say this, he was really, like, gentle about how he delivered it. He delivered yes. it very straightforward, but he was like, I know it's tough to hear. All the details are here. And he did it very in a, in a very empathetic way. Yeah, and I think that was definitely something that he, Nick, very specifically mm-hmm. wanted to come across as like I'm no nonsense but I do understand I care you know how these delicate situations sort of play mm-hmm. out kind of thing um and so everything just kind of seems normal you're like oh somebody probably is like screwing somebody or you know trying the to get dirt stealing. on somebody or yeah, yeah exactly and then the widow explains that she found a video and of course it was like locked in a safe behind a um it's like a painting, the painting it was kind very of thing. like obviously this is where a safe would be in a rich right. person's exactly. house exactly <laughs> and, and and she's just like well I, I i don't know i thought i knew everything about him kind of thing mm-hmm. And so they continue to tell him, you know, details about it. Uh, the lawyer is involved, who seems shady from the beginning. Oh, I know. I, the second he showed up, I was like, ugh. <laughs> Why exactly. are you fucking creepy? He's just so in their business. Mm-hmm, and again, you, mm-hmm. you don't have to be like a film aficionado to be like, oh, no, I had the instant, like, hairs on the back of my neck stood exactly. up when I saw him. Exactly. And so they kind of come out and explain that they, you know, there's some real terrible things happening in this video. Mm -hmm. And so Nick listens to him. And again, very straightforward, you know, oh, you know, these probably a fake. Exactly. He says, oh, that sounds like a snuff film. He explains what a snuff film is because he assumes that she wouldn't know what it is. Mm -hmm. And for anybody who doesn't, because I I feel like there's a lot of nice people who live wonderful (laughs) lives not knowing about terrible things. Yeah. It's basically a film where purportedly real abuse real to the murder. extent of murder happens and it's filmed. So mm-hmm. it's not fake. Mm-hmm. Obviously it's illegal. Obviously it's awful kind of thing. But there are a lot of there it's there's a lot of fakes, which is why he's like it's probably Exactly. A fake. Like, you know, it depends on who you talk to. Some people will mm-hmm. say like, oh these are definitely real. Some people are like, oh no, like anyone that you see is definitely gonna be fake because nobody would mm-hmm. really do that. But apparently, but serial killers use this, so whatever. Exactly. So that's why I'm like, and this I is where they could make money doing it. Right, I definitely believe that it would be possible. And and the thing as the film goes on, you know, people have uh, different sexual urges, and mm-hmm. um, this no, is a no judge kink free, shaming here, but this judge is free too zone. Much. But like, yeah, something like that. That's that's a lot to mm-hmm. want to say that you know that's what gets you off is to watch mm-hmm. somebody get murdered. Far be it for me to judge, but I just feel like that's also illegal. And so he, you know, tries to allay her fears and she's 
very, you know, oh, thank you so much. But can you watch it just to be sure? Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, here we, here we go. And so he obviously struggles watching it. It's his reactions are, I don't, I was going to say it's like, his, I wrote it's like intense, kind of gut-wrenching but because it's like, like it's 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 like you feel what he is it's like, it's like visceral like right. you feel it he's, he's like jumping and he's like you know like shoulders like in and all this yeah kind of stuff. shoulders are like at his ears yes. and he's like jerking when stuff happens and he's like Ugh. yeah it, yeah it's, it's it's a lot and in fact um we it, only see snippets yes yeah, so they only show snippets yeah and you hear a lot more and you get to see his reaction mm-hmm. which again we love him. Like, I don't want to watch this the is, whole thing. Right, but this is a testament yeah. to his acting ability. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how awful it is. And when mm-hmm. we were watching it, um, you know, one of the first things is they, they punch her really hard across the face. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, Nick in the movie is like, oh, God, like, that's the first time. And it, it's yeah. a big reaction. And then, you know, it gets worse from there. And when we were watching it, Jeff was like, that was really interesting, his reactions. He was like, I feel bad because I didn't really react when I saw her get punched, but then, like, as more things happened, it got worse and worse. Yeah. And I told him, I said, you know, I think that part of what they're trying to do, there's a lot of things that I feel like they do in an unspoken manner, mm-hmm. is that it's no coincidence that he just had a baby. It's no coincidence no, that it's a, it's a girl. Mm-hmm. It's no coincidence that they call her it's, Cindy, short for Cinderella. Yeah, it's, it's he like... He sort of takes it personally. Underline, like, there's an under... Like, the whole time you can, like... If you're if you're thinking about the movie while you're watching it instead yeah. of just like letting yourself just in, just be in it, but like I felt I felt the same way. I was like, this is all like you can almost like see what he's thinking about. Right. Like he, you see, like he has a daughter now. He has a family. He sees, so he much sees this now. so much differently now. Yeah, exactly. Which is great. Right. <laughs> we it, get this right off I mean, the bat. Honestly, it's really good storytelling mm-hmm. because it makes everything feel very real. This film does feel real. And that was one mm-hmm. of the great things. We're going to talk more about the other actors. But mm-hmm. I feel like literally everyone was perfect for their yeah. role. From yeah. being violent to being sleazy to being mm-hmm. nice to being scared. Like everybody. Like I yeah, felt so, like I just lost myself Yeah, in it yeah. with each person. So Daniel or Longdale, the lawyer, is played by Anthony Hilder. Hield. Yeah, there's a lot of people and that you're been, like, oh, oh I've seen is, that guy in this a million This cast days. is like, I've seen that guy before. Oh, my God, that's that guy. He always, oh, my God, that guy. Or yeah, that lady, exactly. You like, know? Um, you know, one of my favorite um, actors, Peter Stormis, is in it, who plays, like, yeah. every Russian character ever. He was, he's, like, not even Russian. I don't no, know. Like, like, have you seen the interview where he's like, oh, they'll ask me, can you do, like, a Ukrainian? And he's like, sure, yeah, I, I can. And it's like, it sounds like all of them, but they keep hiring me. But <laughs> this is what I, like, whenever he showed up, because I knew he was in the movie because I looked at the cast list, mm-hmm. like I always do. But, like, when he showed up, I was like, so he's just playing every character he's played before. Know, but know. you know what? But he does it. He does He, he does he, it. He does it quite perfectly. And, yeah. he, and no matter what, he's doing i am convinced about whatever he's up to oh absolutely like, it, it is a are true you playing art. the the guy who replaces tom cruise's eyeballs in minority airport <laughs> i believe that that is your job yeah i believe that those are real eyeballs yeah they're really doing <laughs> those it those are yeah. real eyeballs um joaquin phoenix is in it and i just totally yes. forgot that he was max in it. california i know and the he's, best name he really did great i know there's a lot of like mixed feelings on him for the various roles but i thought for this role and his relationship with nick yeah it was great his crop top he wears a crop oh top when he shows i loved up. all I of his like, outfits his fucking it's so uh, 90s and great it's great yeah and right. Jan, james gandolfini's in it oh 
my god, he's so James Gandolfini and awful, yeah, but so like good at it. I just it's thought just about very compelling. He because this is this is the '90s, so he did also True Romance at and he where he beats the shit out of mm-hmm. Patricia Arquette and then Patricia Arquette kills him. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert for a really old movie. Mm-hmm. Pulp, Oops. Not Pulp Fiction. True Romance. I yeah. said True Romance. You did. Oh, okay. <laughs> shit. It's in the same genre for me. Yeah, okay. it really is. Um, so. He goes through it. He realizes, in his opinion, he's like, well, I, yeah, you know. And so she says, can you just please look into it? I need to know, like, for sure. And so, like. If the girl was truly, if this, if this was, was real. Because he watches it, and he's like, he even mm-hmm. says, he's like, I mean, honestly, I don't know. People will spend a lot of time and effort to make these mm-hmm. look fake, obviously. You know, you need an expert. Where do you find an expert like that? Yeah. So then. So the investigation begins, and so does the montage. This has a lot of oh, montages. Oh, look, there's like seven. I wrote it's well. This montage is later. Time. It's montage time. Yeah, there's there's several in here. So after going through all the missing girls' photos in the area, you know, some are on uh, the. I was just saying. So this was this was '90s. So yeah. this is like not everybody could afford computers yet, and right. like and, and including the task force or whatever. Yeah, they, I mean, even at know, the the police, the local precinct. Po- yeah, exactly. He, He's like, this is as far as we've gotten, as far as what yeah, we've uploaded. Yeah, it's like a he has like a like a file of facts basically mm-hmm. of all these missing people. Exactly. And, partial in the computer partial in this yep. little file of, so, like endless amounts right and honestly you know the only reason i thought oh that maybe is hers because the camera lingered on it mm-hmm. they this is so sad mm-hmm. but so many of them all look the same yeah. and i think to myself now we have you know all this people boop, 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 like technology yeah. that does facial all recognition but these our people, phones fucking have facial recognition exactly but it's like does this sweet innocent girl because this is the nice picture of her before she went missing, look like this mm-hmm. tortured soul that we're seeing, you know, months later kind of thing. That's hard to pick. Mm-hmm. What if What if you're wrong? Like, what if you miss it? I mean, yep. human error. It, it's just really, like, that's how it was. Um, and so he finds the match and he starts looking into it. So he starts tracking down who she was, who she was related to. He tracks down the mother to get more information. And, of course, things are not exactly as they appear. He mm-hmm. starts to find out more information from her. He's very gentle with her. Very, yeah. You can tell that she's no, done it's, on it's her again, luck. it's his bedside man, or like, as I'm calling yeah. it. I don't know what you call it if it's not a doctor. But I don't know. His, quote-unquote, bedside manner, his yeah. empathetic nature. He he feels it. I mean, and you mm-hmm. can look at her. She, she not only tells him everything that has happened mm-hmm. since then and the tremendous... Um, you know, stress she's gone through, but you can just see it. She's drinking, you know, she's unhappy. Like she has a shitty job. She's living by herself, you know, kind of thing. Um, so he, yeah, she's like, everybody left except me. I'm still here. Yeah. And it's, it's heartbreaking, you know? And so he does find some clues there that were overlooked upon the first investigation. And of course he can't say what he's doing. Yeah. He's very slick. If you actually pay attention and listen to everything he says to everyone mm-hmm. else, it is a, a total he lie. He uses a different name. But oh, it's how so he got slick. access. To, yeah, how he got access to the uh, police files for the missing per- persons. He's, he opens up a, f- a, like, a folder at some point and has all these like sketches mm-hmm. of different people. So he finds one that looks like 
has dark hair, similar girl, mm -hmm. and takes that to the, he's like, here, I'm looking for these, I'm looking for this person, can I look? Like, he, everything he does, he's so smooth. And yeah, it's very, like, like, thought out, but. It's a tricky, obviously, very, very, you know, like, incorrect, yeah. you know. At one point when he's looking for um, a suspect, he poses as a police officer. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we're looking for a stabbing victim. He gave us the wrong information, and now we gotta, yeah, you know, blah blah. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, and just and everybody's willing to help because they assume it. It's really cool to watch. I mean, it's a terrible yes. subject, but the way he works, and I'm Goes sure about everything, yeah, right. I'm sure that he looked into what good private eyes do, and I wouldn't surprise me if he followed one to be able to get, you know, this precision, yeah. you know, kind of like he did for. Um, bringing out the dead. Mm -hmm. So he, he's a very good talker when it comes to getting all that information. So he keeps getting new clues from the mom and their house, and that leads him to someone else. It leads him to something else. But each lead still kind of dead ends at the same time. Like, mm -hmm. he gets another piece of the puzzle, but it's still nothing where he needs to be. So more montages as he's walking through the city. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably your next montage. <laughs> this is, it's montage time. Tom's hunting the streets of Hollywood yep. in strip clubs for any sign of Marianne. Because one of the clues he found at the mother's house was uh, Marianne's diary, which she had in a plastic bag in the toilet tank, mm -hmm. which I was like, how's her mom going to fucking find? Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so it's noted in there that she heads off to California with some boy that she likes. Now, I feel like someone hid that because she literally wrote a letter to her mom to tell her what was going on yeah. but the mom had no idea yeah so i just assumed it was probably the boyfriend who seemed Maybe. like a dick i don't know i always thought that like they don't really spell a lot of things out completely yeah and i mean like but at the Which, same time marianne like wasn't having a good home life and yeah. like she hated her mother's boyfriend or stepdad or yeah. whatever, and, like, her mom slapped her the day before she ran off to Hollywood. Like, so, like, maybe she was trying to hide. Yeah, maybe. But we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. And, and that's kind of, I kind of appreciate that when everything's not particularly spelled out. Um, and so, yeah, like you said, he was going to talent agencies at first, then he goes to show bars mm -hmm. to no avail, and then he's kind of just walking, and he ends up stopping at an adult store um, because he's getting magazines, I was like, why is he there? I don't understand this part. But then I realized yeah. he's getting the magazine so he can look at the classifieds mm -hmm. to see if he can track her that way. Um, and that's when he meets the clerk, Max. Max! Uh, played by Joaquin Phoenix. It, it's a really great role. He's so young. My absolute... And I thought he did great. He... Everything he does in this movie is fantastic. I love it. But, so... Nick goes up to the counter with all his nudie magazines, and he, he's, like, starting to ring him up. He's like, sir, can I offer you a battery-operated uh, vagina? And he's like, no, no, I'm good, thanks. He really tries out. And then know. he's like, oh, but, you know, you just don't want to be in one of those situations <laughs> where you need one and don't have one. And, like, <laughs> so he's like Nick's like, I'm good. Right. But what's interesting about his character, and you see it throughout the film, and, and Nick kind of comments on it as well. Like, he's like, I'm going to sell you. I'm going to sell you. And you're like, ooh, look at this, like, sleaze boy. But then Nick's like, what book are you reading? Mm -hmm. And it looks like some, you know, like, piece of smut, but it's because he's hiding it through the cover, and he was yep. really reading Capote. And, you know, it's just like you kind of see, like, he almost has a switch that he can turn on and off. Like, yeah, he's, it's he's like, necessary for him to have a job, and this is where his job is. I think he said at some point that he could just do anything, but he's trying to do these things, but he just landed here. You right, know? exactly. You know, he was an aspiring musician mm -hmm. who moved out mm -hmm. there, and that didn't work out, so this is just his job. But even in that job, 
to be able to not be affected by it. You know, I always, I thought, mm-hmm. I thought that was a really interesting character piece. Yeah, but I think, and I think him reading Truman Capote leads him mm-hmm. to on his way with, with, with wanting to team up with Nick for yeah. sure. Um, so they sort of, you know, they continue to talk. Nick is still continuing to investigate. He ends up going back because he realizes he really does need <laughs> some sort of an inside Sorry. man. <laughs> I, Sorry, I I wrote in my my feelings, so I typed oh. up everything. So after the circuit, I offer you a battery operated vagina and asterisks. I wrote, I am dead. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Max kind of starts working with Nick as his inside man to help him navigate the yeah. sort of seedy underbelly. Max of this seems world. to know everybody. He's he the does. guy who can get you what you need. Exactly. So it's like kind of like how to navigate through like the porn industry, the S and M world. Um, because like you said, he knows everyone through the store and how to get this and that. Mm. And he, like, he knows his customers and what they want kind of thing. Um, and so obvious, I think this is the part where it really gets heavy. Like Mm -hmm. you saw, you saw the film and you saw the scenes and you're like, oh shit, this is bad. But now we're getting into, it's kind of nothing but a lot of heavy shit. Yeah. He gets into this like, I don't know, basement sale kind of thing where, all these like vendors are set up, but they have different kinds of porn and different kinds of like fetishes. And mm-hmm. there's just, there's, there's, you know, he goes, they also go to several like of the SM places yeah. because they also do recording. And, you know, like there I, was in one scene, there's enema porn. Oh, and yeah. And it took me a minute to realize what was happening. Mm-hmm. And you do see that part. I'm like, oh, look that at is that. not, you're like, oh, look. Yeah, yeah. That's and, real. So, so when I say heavy, it's heavy, but I even feel like this is heavy for Hollywood. Heavy. Yeah. And even in the I 90s. I have some interesting information on that, oh, of course. Well, I cannot wait. Because, you know, like, <laughs> obviously, like, the 90s yeah. were kind of crazy and I feel like they push it. But mm-hmm. when we think of films now, I, I don't know, they're more artistic or, you know, we allude to things or we don't actually end the film we let you choose whatever you want you know like yeah. films are a little different now so it it is graphic in that nature for sure um and so it, that's why we kind of kept saying it's yeah, not for the point, average film you guard. see full frontal male yeah and like I, a male full front, like i think is very unusual it's very unusual for that for the 90s um, but the the enema mm-hmm. the enema thing <laughs> this town needs an enema thing really got me i was like oh oh boy so nick and max just keep getting pardon the pun deeper and deeper deeper um, and deeper and okay i had to do it i know you did i was like she's gonna do it um but all the while as they're trying to figure out what's going on they're being followed yeah and it's by this unknown person it starts um the the following stuff starts Slowly, like yeah, you see you one almost person, would miss it the first yeah. couple of times, and you're the, like, oh, what an interesting and it starts, camera angle. It starts picking up with more frequency as the movie progresses. Exactly. So you realize, like, oh, this this is legitimately he, right. He is and then watched. and then again, it's like, well, this makes sense because obviously this is rich people, and and this was a skeleton that wasn't supposed to be found, kind of thing. Yeah. So um, they continue working and they trace evidence to um, a porn director, Eddie Poole. Well, let me just played, switch my pages here. Uh, this is played by James uh, Gandolfini. And he p- is like the epitome of sleaze. Sleaze. Oh. He's got the crazy sideburns and like the goatee that doesn't touch the sideburns. Mm-hmm. And then his like hair slicked back and he's just like. Bleh. Yeah, it's it's a lot. And like 
you see him the way he interacts with girls and of course mm-hmm. it's it's that terrible come to hollywood babe i'm gonna make you a star kind of thing i'm gonna make you a and they don't realize star. what's you know gonna happen and they're gonna make it big and then it's like mm-hmm. we'll just do this one thing and then we'll get you in a real movie kind of thing it's awful but nick is he's very easily able to kind of pin him as someone who at the very least knows something when yeah. he talks to him. Oh, there's, well, there's several he shows, he shows yeah. and no one who looks at a photo the way it was a lingering Eddie look. looked at the photo. He, like you, everybody, like you right. could have been, you could have been looking the other way and knew that he fucking knew exactly. something. So he, at the, at the very least, knew something. And yeah. so Nick is able to really push in hard on him mm-hmm. and kind of play him. That's what she said. sorry (laughs) to get to the center of everything Mm -hmm. so once he finds eddie he's able to like he rents an apartment next door he's able to use the binoculars to see what's going on and it's all of his super spy gear yes his detective uh, gear ma'am it's it's so like it's so 90s (laughs) like we take screenshots now like nothing yeah and like <laughs> which is a testament to how hard yeah. they all had to work like we yeah. have computers in our pockets he had this whole humongous setup just to to take screenshots of things absolutely yeah like it was <laughs> sorry I that was such a goofy laugh it's just like it's just he had so he's got the phone tapped and he eddie calls somebody and he's like oh shit yeah i'm gonna use this crazy giant box to tell me what the numbers were right. because the number is because it was one of those things like this is the tone of each number. Yeah. And it's like two, one, five, 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 five. And that's five, how five, they five. figured it yeah. out kind of thing. Instead of just a regular like trace just, like we have probably now accessible to us. So he keeps pushing in on Eddie. He starts getting all of these clues. And so they are very quickly able to figure out kind of like more people that are involved. But as he gets closer to the truth, of course, things spiral horribly out of control and that's where i'm gonna leave you you leave us right here real early on i don't want to tell everybody the gory details i feel like they need to watch it for themselves all right well snap (laughs) all right on the edge of your seat truly here's the deal max this thing i'm on right now has something to do with underground pornography stuff that's sold under the counter illegally there's not much illegal out there well, whatever there is, whoever's dealing it, however it's done, I want to know. I want a good look. So if you've got that kind of connection, great. If not, speak now. Well, that was fantastic. Thank you, Tammy. Yeah. You have, you, you've left out enough and oh, you stopped like it exactly one. where everything starts to happen. So I that's, hope that, that's why I said it spirals out yes, of control. I hope that everybody goes to watch this one. And I, and no, you know, might not be in the right mindset. To yeah, watch. have it's something like, fun to may, watch yeah. afterwards. Oh, we watched Brooklyn Nine Nine after we were done with this. Yeah, we did the pirate show. Yeah, love flag means death. Oh, I love our flag means death. It's so sweet and precious, and I love it so much. I haven't finished it, but it was a funny one. <laughs> yes, uh, it's like it's taking the world by storm. As pirates do. As pirates do. It's taking the oceans by storm. Um, all right, so I have uh, quite have a lot nuggets of for me? Nicholas Nuggets. Mm, nuggets. So here's what's weird. I found a ton of trivia stuff on IMDb, which mm-hmm. I love you know, IMDb. Is usual. They have so much stuff. It's um, such a great site. I couldn't find many videos or like behind the scenes or interviews or anything. Um, I do have a little excerpt from the uh, an Ebert 
oh, review to share. Friends. Oh yes. Yeah, which I know you know. Oh man, there 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 are <laughs> frenemies sometimes. So yeah, <laughs> basically. It's like, what'd you say about Nick? Uh, so I thought I'd start with the whole rating thing because you were talking about that. Um, so this movie was originally NC seventeen. Oh, I was wondering that. And do they even do that anymore? Yes, but I think it's like someone different. Really has like, to be murdered. Yeah. Um. So what? There's certain scenes that got like you hear it, and then Nick comes out and he's got blood on him or something, and that's he had to cut that scene down mm. so that it could be rated R. Mm. Like they even had a hard time like getting this film greenlit at all because of the subject matter. Oh, sure. That doesn't um, surprise me at all. I was. This is a film where I'm like, wow, somebody did that, huh? Yeah, so this, this movie... Especially Hollywood. I feel like yeah. I could see this being a foreign film, and you're like, ugh. Yeah. But for this Hollywood, had to get, like, let's do it. Because this was put out by Columbia. Yeah, it was a big-time one. Yeah, and, like, Columbia is still, I think, still around, and Sony owns them, and... I was happy to find out that Sony is not owned by Disney. Thank you. Wee. <laughs> Sony's owned by Sony. Disney's going to put this on their channel like they've <sighs> been doing. <laughs> like they put all the Netflix stuff and people got super pissed. Oh, fuck them, man. <laughs> like the Punisher's on there and the parents got super mad. And they like had to like Disney make bought special Marvel. sign-ins. Yeah, they had to make special sign-ins. Like so these that are for the, the kids and these are for the babies yeah. don't see. Um, so another thing since we're talking about ratings and stuff i wanted to point out the plot is extremely similar to that of a of a of hardcore um in 1979 movie uh in which a man hires a private detective to track down his daughter after she runs away and he sees her in an eight millimeter porno movie the plot is also very so yeah it's also very similar to a book called the cutting room by louise welsh which isn't an estate auctioneer finds disturbing photos after a client among clients' porno collection and endeavors to find out if the girl in the pictures was actually killed. So I feel like it's a combo of those two things. I definitely feel like this is something that happens more sure. often than you realize as far as, like, finding unexpected things, regardless of yeah. how far they go kind yeah. of thing. You know, like, finding porn and, you know, like, grandpa stuff. Oh, shit, I didn't know grandpa was like that, but... To find something oh. so hard and, like, severe. Yeah, so the Enema porno film film scene at the porno swap meet, that's what they called it on IMDb, oh boy. porno swap meet, um, like little flea market, is yeah. a genuine S&M film mm. that was heavily edited to so they could include it in the movie. That was heavily oh edited. Oh, my gosh. That's what they put in the movie, heavily and it was edited. heavily edited. Yes, I know. And again, Ugh. you know what? No shame in the game. If that tickles your pickle, that tickles your pickle. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot if it doesn't tickle your pickle. <laughs> um, so, according to the director, Joel Schumacher, this was one of the most dangerous scripts that Sony has ever bought and couldn't find a director for. And and I was surprised because there was when like you think four, of Joel Schumacher, I, I was lot, like... He did Lost Boys, he did Phantom of the Opera. Exactly. Like, so, I know he's done some, like, oh, I did edgy, but I was like, yeah. oh, he's like a big Hollywood name. I so, was surprised... To see his name on it. There were two two or three different writers for the movie. Um, let me see. If I, uh, the original script by Andrew Kevin Walker, who's known for uh, Seven. I think he wrote oh, Seven. Man, and a, a bunch of other movies like that. Um, 
He, it, his original script was re reworked by Joel Schumacher and Nicholas Kazan after Walker left the project. Because Walker left the project because walked. he walked after, because <sighs> he was asked to lighten the film's tone by the studio. The studio was like, we need to chill this out. But with Joel Schumacher as the director, Walker felt that a rewrite would no longer be needed, but it turns out Schumacher uh, supported the studio and made his own changes to the script. So and, so Andrew just deuced out. I mean, I do get it. I can yeah. see where that would be really frustrating. No, yeah. So he had he did have, I think it was one, one or two other writers come in and help Blake fix stuff. Um, they originally wanted David Fincher to to be the director and for those of you who don't know he's the guy who directed seven yeah i could see that zodiac yeah. and then gone girl so a lot of like murder yeah, mystery. yeah yeah um let's see oh <laughs> i know this is one of our favorite things to do but guess who almost oh, played Nick? i was wondering i was like i wonder if it was somebody i've else. got okay. quite a few people this is, was 99 sometimes they go something stupid uh -huh. like sylvester stallone arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> yeah. for those just okay uh let's see let's see, actually let's have four five there's six. Five, six. Oh six. my gosh. Okay. Seven. Seven, 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 seven. Seven. So this Sorry. is the 90. I don't even know who was popular in the 90s. Was it John Travolta? <laughs> he is on the list. Oh my God. <laughs> what? Was it John Cusick? No. No. Okay. Because I, okay. 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 I can't believe I even got one. <laughs> mm, let me try for Walmart. Let me try for okay. Walmart. Uh, who were 90s people? I really wish I. You know when you have to think of something, and any other time you could, and and let's see, mm, 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 Brad Pitt because we were talking about seven. No. Okay. All okay. right. So Val Kilmer. Oh. Ooh. Charlie Sheen. Ugh, I could see Val Kilmer yeah. though. If you, guys I would pick have... Charlie Sheen for a different role. Yeah, he he would be the James Gandolfini guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could see Val Kilmer because um, he's really great in this movie called Salt and Sea that I will always talk about. That's the first time I'm hearing of it. <laughs> well, you um, to so then John Travolta, would you guessed? Mel Gibson. Oh my god, why? Oh. Nick Nolte. No. Bruce Willis. <laughs> I've got one more, but it takes a little bit more to talk about it. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, yeah. He, They're he, just all he like action down. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean he did do twelve monkeys and that wasn't terrible. Um, so the oh, last one remember. takes a, a little bit more explanation, as you can see. It's a, it's a Oh my gosh, chunk. it's a paragraph. I can't wait to hear Yeah, no, this I tried is, to, I tried really to edit. Yeah. After having to talk about something yeah. so serious. I tried to edit this down, but it was such, I feel like every detail in this little nugget was necessary. Do it. Do okay. it. Okay. Russell Crowe. Wow. Agreed to do the film with Joel Schumacher when the film was slated to be a, quote, dirty, handheld, gritty thriller. Crow had one stipulation to all of this. He said it was the scene where his character is looking at kitty porn that happens. It does happen in the movie. Um, mm -hmm. You don't mm -hmm. see anything. Heads up. Right. It's just the reaction to it. Yeah. But um, it's still awful. Yeah. So his character is looking at the kitty porn and he wanted to throw it in the trash and throw the cigarette in it so it would start burning in the trash can. Schumacher was fine with it. But out of the blue... Nicholas Cage's agent called Schumacher and told him that Nick wanted to do the film too. So mm. Schumacher then contacted John. So this was Neil Patrick Harris called. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then Schumacher called Sony and talked to them. Uh, 
and told him that we can do the film with Crow as a low-budget, dirty handheld camera thriller or a much bigger film with Cage. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's our boy. That's our boy. So Sony agreed to do the film with Cage. Wow. Leading to a much bigger budget. Yeah. Because he has to pay for his, like, crows and snakes. <laughs> his crows and snakes. Um, let's see. What, what else Now, I got? will say... Oh, Mark Wahlberg uh, turned down the role of Max, Max. California. Oh. Yeah. Um, I do feel like Russell Crowe might have been able to do well with that. Like, uh-huh. in his early stuff, like, I don't know. But he did a movie recently where he's a... I think it's... I was going to say he's an unhinged, um, like, guy who does road rage. And I think it's literally called Unhinged. Um, it's not that the movie is great, but to watch him as this overweight, slack-jawed, like, horrifyingly violent person Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. really something to see. So I could sort of see that, but I think Nick, I don't know, Nick has a a different persona. Um, so the original title of the film was called Sexy World. (laughs) What the fuck? Oh my god. I'm so glad your reaction (laughs) That is similar to mine. Yep. It's like Cool World with the, the animation yeah. thing, but guys, it's not so, sexy. Yeah, so no, no, no. Oh no. my god. Who's wrong with that? Dude, I don't know. But oh, oh, here's another fun one. This was supposed to come out in 1998 around Christmas. <laughs> it's one of those films that makes you happy for what you have, I But guess. because too. it had to get cut so much got to back. get down to the R rating. It was pushed back to February. So go see this movie for Valentine's Day in 1999, everybody. <laughs> and really wonder about the person you're with. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, so in okay, so the music in this movie is really strange. Yes, I wrote, I wrote it, that like, down. I was music. like, it's so weird. So, yeah, I made sure to include a little bloop about that. So to explain it real quick, it's not like there's not like a pop soundtrack or a rock soundtrack. No. Um, it's it not just instrumental. Like, it's like chanting. It like, sounds like the music at the beginning of The Exorcist, honestly. It, well, yeah, but there's there's like this like shamanic like yeah. chanting that goes on, which I know serves a purpose, but I just felt it was very, it was very, very strange. Schumacher loved it. He was like, fuck yeah. I know. This is where I, it's I, at. I, I, it just, it, it was, yeah. So... <laughs> I'd like to so, hear about this music because I also thought it was odd. So composer Michael Dana traveled to Morocco to record different sounds and instruments that he thought would be very useful to his final score. And he recorded some 80 or so tracks of music from his travels and used them to form the seedy underworld of porn, which I don't, I don't That's connect the two. not the vibe I get at all. I, I'm seeing like whenever I hear it, because it's, like Mor- it's like Moroccan and there's like, oh, Right. There's like a lot With of the, like, like chanting. different, like obviously not English, but like, um, it just doesn't fit to me. Yeah, it it's like when someone is having this big moment. You know how much big, I love a good sound. Oh, I know this like big revelation, and I feel like that's it's like ha ah! in the background. So when you know, like yeah, it, yeah, but <laughs> but also something really terrible is happening. I don't know. I did feel it was really weird. So a couple more things before I move on to Mr. Ebert. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel Schumacher's favorite scene and piece of music is where Nicholas is driving through the streets of Hollywood in one of his montages mm-hmm. where <laughs> he says the score sounding as if they were in a casbah, which was perfect for the montage. I was like, you, 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 you and me go in separate ways there, Joel. Yeah. Cause you're not yeah. in a casbah, you're in Hollywood. 
was it? On this trip. Let's see. Oh, what do I know? I'm not a composer. We're not, we're not composers. Um, I think actually... Tell me about Ebert. Yeah, I think that's actually... Oh. What did that hoe say? Director Joel, Joel Schumacher states that he is still proud of this film two decades later. It, it is a good film, it's, guys. Yeah. It's just very, very It's heavy. not something... I've seen it now. I don't think I'll watch it again for mm -hmm. another ten years. Mm -hmm. So... All right. So, you ready for Roger? Roger Ebert. Roger. So, he actually... I'm not sure, so I don't know how many stars he goes up to, you know, like IMDb does 10 and like some people do 5, you know. Mm -hmm. He gave the movie 3 stars, but he gives it a good review, so I'm not sure. I feel like they do yeah. 5 stars. Yeah, so 3 out of 5 from him. Okay. So I'm just going to read this part because it is an exact quote from Roger RogerEbert.com. Um, he says, we expect Wells to get into danger with these men as he does, but 8mm doesn't treat... The trouble simply as an occasion for action scenes. There's a moment here where Wells has the opportunity to get revenge but lacks the will. He is not a killer. And he actually telephones a victim and, and asks to be talked into it. I have never seen that before in a movie and it raises, mor it raises moral questions that the audience has to deal with one way or another. So I that was like, a really good scene. Yes. Yeah. So there's the second paragraph here. Uh, I know some audience members will be appalled by this film as many were by seven. It is a very hard R that was doubt what that would doubtless have been NC 17. If it had come from an indie instead of a big studio with clout, but this is a real film. Yes. Not a slick ex exploitation exercise with all the trappings of depravity but none of the consequences not a film where morale he writes it like morale but it's moral sorry um not a film where moral issues are forgotten in the excitement of the action climax yes the hero is an ordinary man who finds himself able to handle violent situations but that's not the movie's point the last two words of the screenplay are save me. And by the time they're said, we all know what they mean. Yeah. No, I, I really agree with that. I was like, good. Okay, Raji. I, I think, honestly, for the most part, <laughs> if, if it's a good Nick film, they'll recognize it. If it's not uh -huh. a good Nick film, we're Which like, Which I was well, like, why did you give it three stars? Oh, okay, Ebert. well, it says uh, critics don't always agree on cutoff, and many will use mm -hmm. different ones. So uh, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert both considered a three-star rating to be the cutoff for the thumbs up on their scales uh -huh. of zero to four. So they only go to four. Oh, so he, yeah, it's basically so, a four out of five star. No. Yeah, four out of five. For, yeah. In our in yeah, our in, in our version, yeah. So I'm sorry, so I just crunched those. Yeah, yeah. How did you enjoy those nuggets? Those those were some spicy nuggets. I didn't. Oh, it's so fucking stupid. You know, I googled every fucking saying like behind the scenes, um, interview, uh, director. You know, like there may be a reason that there wasn't a lot of interviews because of the subject. Yeah, that I did. I did find I did find a video of Joel Schumacher talking about. The actors, not so much as, like, about the movie. He's talking about the actors. And yeah. So I was like, that's not... I mean... Probably he, in some ways, I guess that makes he sense. He just gave me more information that I... Or he gave me the same information I already had, so... Well, yeah. At least he tried. He tried to help you. He did. <laughs> Don't worry about me. But thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Pops, you dance with the devil. The devil don't change. The devil changes you. 
as we've been saying, this is definitely uh, not a film for the lighthearted due to the nature of the, the crime that you see. Obviously, all crime is terrible, um, but this one, because of the reality and how people seek it out, mm -hmm. makes it, I think, much worse. And we've already reviewed some, you know, kind of true crime films like Frozen Ground, as well as revenge films like Mandy, and that's definitely one mm -hmm. of our favorites. So this isn't necessarily the first heavy film that we um, have done. I definitely in comparison to, to those I just threw out, I think Mandy is probably the most extreme, most heavy because it's more yeah. graphic. You see a lot of the things directly so happen. Yeah. Exactly. But I think I like this... how you just tried to slip in the word happy. I know. To trick my, yourself. my brain was like, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. Everything's fine. You'd be happy. Um, We're eating dinner after this. <laughs> but I definitely feel like this film comes in at a very close second. I think all the actors this in, is and i i'm glad my mom stopped me from watching this at the age of 13 but i would have loved watching this at the age of 13 yeah definitely <laughs> when when i saw it it was something that you know like the, the darkness i was like oh this looks cool and gritty and then i'm yeah. watching i'm like oh like this is bad but then as i watched it you know 20 years later yeah. i'm like oh like you you understand more because you experience more mm -hmm. and and you know like that that is something that does happen where when you're, you know, 18, you're like, mm -hmm. oh, like, this is just a movie kind of thing. Um, I think everybody's role was so, you know, well done. The cast, the cast killed it. It, it really was. Like, uh, there's not a weak poor, link. Poor pun, but yes. <sighs> oh, we never got to say that, uh, I never mentioned, so, Stormar, or however you say his name. Uh, a Stormage, I think. Uh, yeah, His character's name is Dino Velvet. Yeah. I had I forgot. I was like, we have to say his name because it's so ridiculous. It's well, I, I but I do feel very appropriate. For yes, sure. absolutely. Um, you know, so everybody does such a great job, and certainly one of, and I feel like as opposed to Frozen Ground, mm -hmm. where I feel like. I just didn't believe it as much as when I watched this film, I believe everyone and everything that is happening, mm -hmm. and I feel like this is a real thing kind of thing. And I think that's what makes a really great film. Like, all of the, the, the dialogue, the actions, the reactions to things, just everything was so fluid. It just really yeah. pulls you in. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite parts was definitely the relationship between uh, Nick and Joaquin between uh -huh. Tom and um, Max. Max California. Maxi California. Because he was a very smart, promising person who mm -hmm. had to put kind of like his dreams and his goals on hold yeah. sort of thing. And he kind of got pulled into this. Like you can see that he's interested in this invest in any invest. Like he was, I think if Nick had walked in doing anything, I think he might've been like, Oh, you're a private investor. I'll go. Yeah, exactly. He was yeah. looking for something, mm -hmm. you know, more obviously. And he was, you know, Nick even says like, you're a smart guy. Like, what are you doing here? Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Nick becomes very fatherly to him, mm -hmm. very protective. You yeah. know, they get to a point where it's like, okay, this is the end of the line for you. I'm going to, you with know, me. do the rest kind of thing. Um, and like, it just feels so real and authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, when, you know, Max is like, oof, I don't know, like, this is going to be a lot for you. Are you okay, Pops? Like, he calls him, him, he's like, at one point, he, but he's like, here's, <laughs> he's like, 
Just don't call me Pops. And then he's like, oh, okay, Pops, whatever. Yeah, you say exactly. Pops. And he's like, don't call me that. And he's like, oh, okay, whatever. And we'll hurt your old feelings kind of thing. Yeah. It's just, it's just a really When he does great the Shaq thing, he's like, oh, you're like a PR, like Shaq. It's really, really great. So that was definitely one of my favorite parts, just among everybody being so believable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What about you? If you had a favorite part um, in a heavy movie? I actually hadn't even thought about a favorite part until right this moment. Put you so, on the spot. so sorry. Um, I mean, obviously, what you said, yeah. Uh, but honestly, there's there's a part later on after, like, towards the end of the movie where Nick or Tom becomes um, uncaged, if oh, you yes. will. Yeah. And it's, it's like, he he's angry about what's happened, and he's like, he... And he's like, what do I, it, like, you can see, he's like, there's just conflict with him. And he's like, mm-hmm. how, 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 how do I do this? How do I handle this? What do I do? And it's just like, he just, he's like, how do you, how could you do this? How could you kill her? You know, yeah. like, he just loses it. But he's, he, but you can also see that he's like, but I have to remain me and a right. human and yeah. not a crazy person that is it's killing like that people superhero and, complex yeah or, you know, like batman how like well i don't kill people like you know i might you know if you fall off a bridge mm-hmm. shame on you kind of thing but like if i fall off the bridge shame on, <laughs> me. shame on me but you know like they're like there's a punisher who's like i'm uh-huh. gonna get shit done and then yeah. there's other superheroes who are like well i can't do that because then that Speaking makes me like that batman jill schumacher directed two batman movies yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily the good ones. I but know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, you can't all be winners, Joel. That's <laughs> fine. He directed um, Lost Boys. That's true. Uh, that's what you said. Thou some... shall not walk. Okay. Sorry, I had to. <laughs> um. So, uh, did you pick up on? Did you have like any big ideas or themes or something that kind of um, stuck out to you? I did, oh, hold on. Let me grab my book. Oh, you already threw what? it on the ground. Oh, it's over here behind oh, me. Oh boy. Because oh, I have. To, I wrote this down because my brain was just like, "Whoa, buddy." Yeah. You gotta it's, write this shit down. It's it's some heavy stuff that messes okay. your brain. Um, so at one point in the movie, uh, Max asked Tom, he's like, "Are you okay? Are you like you cool with this? What we're doing? What we're, what we're looking at here?" And he's like, "Yeah." Fuck. He says, "Devil, you don't dance with the devil. He don't change. Devil dances with you, or like the or the he changes you." Yeah. And so when I heard when I heard that, it kind of like cracked open something in my head like I was watching because his so at one point during the movie he um he Tom buys two supposedly real snuff films Mm -hmm. and watches them Mm -hmm. to to determine if they're real or fake um his reaction to those versus the the one at the beginning the eight millimeter Mm -hmm, is 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 vastly different yeah he's he's just staring at it he doesn't have any reactions. like desensitized. Yeah, and then like, and later on at some point in the movie, I think when they get to New York, he is watching the eight millimeter again, but at like he's it's probably like a foot and a half maybe from his face. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and he's like chain smoking cigarettes. Yeah, and just watching it, trying to yeah. look for every detail. So it's just that, um, like at the beginning, he's just trying to do the right thing, um, and it's like it's when he sees the snuff film, he's like. He, 
his reactions are extreme when he's later he's watching the other films it's not so much and even his wardrobe changes like mm -hmm. in the beginning it's kind of like he's just wearing a shirt and, a, and a thing. but everything starts to go leather everything starts to get just black and black and black because he's like i i don't know if maybe he was doing that to just try to blend into the environment yeah maybe but i like, know that that was one of the fun things where max was like oh you're going to new york well you need me because you can't blend in like that yeah he's like you can't you can't wear that there um but he slowly whatever it was like he slowly starts becoming bad but he's not bad he's he's like I said, he's, like, fighting with himself. Yeah, there's an internal and, conflict. And Harrow, <laughs> he's slowly becoming bad, yes, in the name of justice, but it's getting to him. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, and so that was my, that was what I wrote down. No, that's really, especially, like, the, the clothing style and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. like, it's, it was just, like, once, when the devil don't, you know, devil don't change you, or you, or devil, devil don't change, change ch devil, devil changes change you, you, yeah. I was just, like, yep. Yeah, that's and what's I, happening. I mean, like, that's, you think about it in this huge, you know, moral compass kind of context, mm -hmm. but that's literally every friendship, every relationship. Mm -hmm. If if there is someone who is, you know, more powerful or whatever, it's like, we always go into a relationship thinking we love someone or a friendship, like, oh mm -hmm. my gosh, like, it's okay, like, they're going to get to know me and things mm -hmm. are going to change. But the people, whether it's the proverbial devil or your supposed, you know, like, husband like they're not going to yeah. change kind of thing i think that speaks larger to yeah all of our relationships do you have any um mine was just a very obvious um the <laughs> i've changed Thanks, lily oh was um, that her that i thought was, you breathed no, weird <laughs> no that was that was a little snort um she's from, playing from over there like the puppy. perfect Look at her she toe was, I know. She's been so quiet until she was like, ugh, is this still going on, you guys? <laughs> you're you're wearing all black. He was wearing all black. Come on, Lily. Jeez. Um, it's just that, like, proverbial, like, taking advantage of young women with the mm -hmm. Hollywood dream. Um, yeah. And, oh, come on. You, you yeah. could be a star. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and whether they're in Hollywood or not, so many times women young women are, are told these things because someone plans to take advantage of them you know and they run away they get kidnapped they become part of traffic like it's such a god-awful thing yeah and yet it still you know continues and this just kind of shows you how easy it is how you know smooth these talkers are to these you know poor girls yeah. who you know are trying to escape from something and this is gonna be their way out and in so many of the scenes you see that these uh, you know, casting rooms, if you will, are slap full. Yeah. Like, it's not like they're having to struggle to find people to take advantage of at all. Like, there's just, you know, people yeah. throwing themselves at this opportunity without realizing, like, what they're truly going to have to do. And it's, it's appalling. And it's, unfortunately, the way things still are. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Well, if you were to rate this. Uh, actually, I was gonna give it a four out of five. All right. I was. Okay. I guess I'm on. I'm on Ebert's side on this one. Okay. Four out of five for movie. What about Nikki Blue Eyes? I'm gonna give Nick the same. It's gonna be cinematic as well. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna give him four out of five. Why? Just. I mean, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it was a full five stars for me. Just personal preference. Okay. <laughs> Hate when you ask me why. I know. <laughs> but the so, fans want to know. All maybe. I don't know if they want to know why I think four. Like, I, I clearly loved it. I don't think it was a perfect film. I don't think it was perfect acting. I don't think it was perfect everything. It was just off perfect. 
Okay. I like Off-White. Soft, perfect. What about you? Um, I gave the film a uh, four out of five as well. Yes. <laughs> um, I do think it's really good. Really, the only thing that was weird for me is that I felt the music was sort of off place. And the music, sort of yeah. Things off it's and just, just so a few It takes you things. out. Like, honestly, it takes you out of it. It really does. Yeah. Maybe it's just us. I don't know. Um, but, and, and I don't, maybe, maybe it's kind of hard to give something so heavy, like, mm-hmm five stars because then you're afraid that everybody's gonna want to watch it and i'm like maybe you shouldn't um but for nick i actually i did what if there's like a sudden resurgence of all these movies are now topped like they're all shooting to the most watched yeah well i did netflix top 10 i I did share (laughs) um on our our twitter after like as unbearable weight was coming Mm -hmm. out face off was like in um Apple's like top 10. It was like number four or something. Face off. It's because it's classic. Well, it's a classic and now it's getting that, you know, revitalization. Yeah. So for Nick. Oh yeah, for Nick. Yeah. So got? for Nick, I gave him Cinemac as well. I actually did a 4.5. Oh. Um, oh. I do really you always feel. always have to one up me. I'm trying to one up you. Uh, I'm kidding. Our opinions are valid. I just felt that his emotions back and forth were valid and Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. done like even when he goes like you know like unhinged it makes sense yeah he's uncaged but it it, i feel like that's the same reaction that i would have or Mm -hmm. that most people would have Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel like like bad or silly or overdone it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like not the bees no yeah it's not it it's not the not no not the bees uh moment which i love don't don't get me wrong guys but we all know it's not the best. But like, <laughs> this is this is like he deeply feels this. Both Nick and Tom. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very, yeah, yes. So there it is. There it is. All right, and on to the most horrifying part <laughs> of the show. He's a new dad. He wants the world to be hopeful. He wants the community to be a good place. He's he's not somebody that you would expect to really be in this situation. And how it affects him is, uh, it makes him angry. It gets him to a place that he probably didn't know was in him. All right, guys. We are to the scariest part of our podcast. (laughs) Cajun roulette. Please, please, please. I prayed and it worked. I mean, Nicholas. (laughs) Nick fucking Cage. Um, yeah, so all of Nick's movies that are currently out and have been out for many, many years are in the spinner, and we spend it to find out what we're going to be. Oh, you look so scared. <laughs> the all last right. one I got was It was kid. so bad. You, you've, Like I said, you've gotten some shitty ones. So we're going to hit spin, and we're going to find out what you get. It's called Lucky Wheel. You're going to be lucky today. It's not lucky. It's so good. Was it? It's so... I knew you were immediately going to talk about Jurassic Park 3. Listen, I just love it. So, Crisis Averted, episode 7, is going to be The Family Family Man. Man. So, please continue to like. I feel better. (laughs) Yay. So, please continue um, sharing us with all of your friends about how amazing we are. Like, share, subscribe. We're on all sorts of different kinds of um, 
Basically, Everything anything that we're you can on, listen to a podcast yeah, on, I think at yeah. this point we're kind of spread all the way out. Yep. Um, you can also follow us on all the social media. Yes, Tiki Talkie and 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 Instagram, Instagram and the Twitters <laughs> and Twitter <laughs> and Facebook. If anybody uses that, um, I think we're the only us. ones. I know, I know, but it's connected to Instagram, so it's yep. easy. Um, let us know if you have any ideas. If you're interested in being a guest, that's something we want to work out because we have recording through Anchor. So, um, yeah, thanks so much for making it through a heavy one. The Family Man. Next time, it's going to be a little less heavy. I think. Yeah. Think. Yeah. yeah. Right. That one's. That one's actually. It's. It in terms compared to this one, it's. It's extremely lighthearted. Yeah. yeah. We're, <laughs> we're gonna go from one extreme to the next. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. You've survived it, we survived it, and always remember, in Nick, Nick we, we trust. Please enjoy these fun moments of us preparing for our super professional, 100% authentically researched podcast. I don't know that they actually make a difference in recording. Okay. Uh, but they are like $30 mics. <laughs> I'm going to keep the mic. I, I know. feel like a I fancy know. lady. No, we're it. very special. Look. I'm just saying. This is all I wrote. That's all I wrote. And a theme on the next. But this is my typed up nonsense. Mm. See, look at all that. Mm. I was bored at work yesterday. Don't listen to this, David. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, David. <laughs>